Oh shit, are we recording? What's up? This is the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. I am your host, Ellie Blake, and this is a place where we discuss getting your shit together. Why? Because the more people on the planet getting their shit together and being the best version of themselves means the less assholes there are. I'm down for that. Are you down for that? All right, let's go. up stuff welcome back to the fuck the status quo podcast hey ellie (laughs) how are you (laughs) oh we shouldn't be laughing given the nature of this episode but tell everybody what we're gonna talk shit about today today we're talking shit about serial killers serial killers and we're laughing because we tried to record this yesterday and my internet was a piece of shit so we gave up and so we're trying again today and steph was just saying I had this whole game plan for if it starts to fuck up again. She's like, no, we're not recording this episode if this messes up again. (laughs) So we're hoping that this works out and that we also don't get serial murdered next week. um, Serial murdered. (laughs) For recording this episode. So I am actually really excited to talk to you, Ellie, about this because you went to college and what was the class called? Okay, in college that took me seven years to graduate but i did eventually graduate (laughs) i my major was criminal psychology so i have a lot of information about serial killers also because i took a class it was an upper level psychology class that i had to take you could choose a few and um serial killers was one of the ones that i picked (laughs) so i took that class i got a very good grade in it I got the highest grade in the class. And then I was a teacher assistant for the class for two semesters. So it was really, you know, ingrained in my head there when you essentially take the same class three times. So my whole plan with all of that back in the day was I was really interested in um, criminal profiling and I wanted to be a criminal profiler. But then I quickly realized that to even get into that field, I had to be a police officer or a prison guard. And I was like, well, that's not fucking happening. Like, y'all can't put me at like a desk job or something. So that was the end of my career before it started. You got to be in it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, no, thanks. I would be scared. Somebody kick my ass for sure. Somebody would come at me and I'd be like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't even imagine me arresting someone. I'd just be like, will you please just get in the car? (laughs) So you'd have to go to like a whole like police academy and everything, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Look at me. (laughs) Obstacle course with the whistles and like the going up the... (laughs) So now I'm a greeting card designer. So clearly the criminal psychology degree was great. (laughs) You learned a lot, so you could talk about it on your future podcast. Exactly. This is what I prepared for. This is what I went to college for. It was this fucking podcast (laughs) episode right here. This moment right here. Let's go, Steph. What you got? So I was really interested in this after I saw the show on Netflix called Mindhunters. Because Mm. you know me, the movie buff, the TV show buff. You'll be shocked. I have seen Mindhunters. Yes! I was waiting till we were recording to tell you that. I thought about texting you last night and being like, because we even talked about it yesterday on our trial run recording, and I didn't tell you yet. And I was like, she's going to be shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Well, in that, first of all, I didn't even realize that this type of profiling for serial killers didn't like come about until the 70s, which is not that. I mean... For some reason, I think like the 70s is like 30 years ago and it's like way off. <laughs> I'm like stuck in the 90s. You can still say it's 30 years ago. 30 years ago <laughs> in the 70s, they started criminal profiling. <laughs> That's not that long ago. That's insane. Yeah. So I guess my first question is, what were they doing before they discovered serial killers were even a thing? Were they just like assuming it was just a different killer every time? Or like, what's the deal with that? So... The first serial killer, I believe, was a woman, actually. Back in No! The- Wait, what, what determines a serial killer, first of all? Okay, I'll back up a little bit because this is interesting that you asked this. When the FBI started a unit to start studying serial killers, they had a hard time defining what a serial killer was. So the definition of it actually changed a few different times. And it got smaller and smaller each time. 
and I don't remember the exact order of this, but at first it was like they have to kill, you know, X amount of people. There has to be a cooling off period and they have to kill someone that's like a complete stranger. And then they would have a situation where it was like a woman who repeatedly gets married and kills her husband. Well, that's a serial killer. And she knew those people. So they were like, wait a second, this is a serial killer, too. So they kind of had to like keep reworking the definition. Mm. There was also another like. It was between like the manner of the way that they killed the person. They would say that it has to be for pleasure for it to be a serial killer. And then they later changed the definition so that ultimately what it is now is the unlawful killing of two or more people with a cooling off period in between because they needed to distinguish the difference between a serial killer and a mass murderer. Do you know the difference between the two? Okay. Yes. Because a mass murder is like killing multiple people like in one event right like somebody goes into walmart or school and shoots it up that's a mass murder and they have two criminal like profiling standpoint those are two completely different personalities which is interesting i was gonna say because a serial killer is probably a lot more secretive about what they're doing versus a mass murder that's like you're getting caught at the end of that if not mass murders don't really expect to come out alive like most of them are going into it with either like a suicide mission or like want to be shot by the police they assume that they're probably going to die in situations like that whereas like serial killers they like to kill so they're just going to keep doing it and usually a mass murder they're angry about something like a disgruntled employee or you know yeah they're trying to like hurt the community and they're trying to go out with that effect so There was actually a bomber in Austin when I lived there. There was a serial bomber, and that was crazy, too. (laughs) Like, Uh, while I was taking this class and everything, and there was just this serial bomber in town. They caught him. He blew himself up in his car the night they caught him. Oh, my God. It was scary, though, because he was just leaving, like, random shit all over town. Like, it was like a tripwire, and so people would be, like, out walking their dogs. And, like, yeah, I think two people died, and I want to say there was another bomb, and the people got injured, but they didn't die. So it's crazy. That's interesting because you would think that a serial, I mean, I would think that a serial killer, like in their killing, they want to be like there mm-hmm. doing the act. I don't know why, like, I, I just assume that. Because, like, if it's a bomber and you're leaving a bomb, like, was he, like, a, like nearby, like, watching? No. And that's what's interesting, too, is because have you ever heard of the, the Tylenol murders? Yeah, where they were, like, putting shit in. Yeah, so, like, like that, the person who did that, they wouldn't be seeing, they would be seeing it on the news, probably, but it's not like they would be seeing the victim or, like, you know, hiding in the store watching them, like, oh, they just picked that one off the shelf. Like, I'm going to go follow them home now and see what happens. <laughs> like, right. they, so, like, that part is interesting because it's, like, they don't see the you know what i mean it's that part's fucking weird but i think there's a lot of misconceptions about serial killers because of movies and the media and stuff like most serial killers aren't just like these evil geniuses a lot of them are fucking stupid (laughs) yeah i mean but obviously the ones that don't get caught right right yeah and that's a good point too is because like we have all this information about serial killers but only from the ones that have been caught not the ones that have been caught which who knows how many of those there are right so okay so rewind because you were saying the first serial killer was a woman yes so tell that story okay she was a woman she lived in a castle and (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) we she was like a queen or some shit oh like back in the day yeah like (laughs) this is like 1500 she was like okay okay And they say that she killed like over 400 people, which that seems pretty outrageous. But I mean, even if that if that's like somewhat right, like, holy shit, that's a lot of people. And there were all these rumors that she would like, I don't know if this is true either. You know, this is kind of like this is from the 1500s. Who fucking knows? But people said <laughs> that she would like bathe in her victim's blood and just, yeah, stuff like that. And then there was... um. Have you heard of Jack the Ripper? Yes. So he was, um, this is like another serial killer. This was back in like the 1800s and they still don't know who it is. This is like unsolved and they've made a lot of movies about him. So just going to show you like they've been around for a while, but we weren't studying them. And I think that in the 70s when they started developing criminal profiling and all this stuff is, I think the media and the news made it 
more in your face and people were able to see like holy shit like there's Jeffrey Dahmer there's Ted Bundy like what is going on and it's Mm -hmm. like it had been going on but there wasn't a newspaper article about it and then people just like glorified these serial killers in the past you know I mean think of Mm -hmm. Ted Bundy like all these women wrote to him in prison and stuff how many movies and documentaries like the Netflix thing about Jeffrey Dahmer that came out and it's like Ted Bundy got exactly what he wanted. He wanted to be like an infamous person. And it's like, at what cost? And society kind of gave that to him, which is fucked because he's a real piece of shit. Fuck you, Ted Bundy. (laughs) And I feel like Netflix definitely doesn't help the fact that they make these, like they hire actors that are attractive to play these serial Mm -hmm. killers. So like, I remember before they released that Jeffrey Dahmer series with Evan Peters, um, you was supposed to have a lot of similar things to Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Like um, his girlfriend calling him Bunny. Um, he had like just the brown hair and like the charm and you would never guess like that he was doing like dark shit. But when I watched you for the first time, I was like literally rooting for him. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, <laughs> I've like, seen that Netflix one too. just kept like spitting him out. I'm like, why are they making these psychopaths look really attractive? Like this is yeah. not okay. And that's like that part of it kind of freaks me out is like I really try not to watch stuff like that that I know is purely for entertainment but it's hard not to and then you kind of sit there and you're like wait why is this entertaining to me like this not with you I get what it's based off of but it is fiction you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but just some of the other stuff that is based off of people it's like why are we entertained by this I mean it's fascinating that a human would do that to another human but why are we watching it as entertainment? Like, what's wrong with us? You know what, what I heard in... <laughs> I watched Eat, Pray, Love recently for the first time ever. Oh, and... I've never seen the movie. I've read the book, though. I'm scared the movie's going to ruin the book for me. Well, I felt like it was done very, very well. And of course, books are going to be better than movies always. Always. But in it, when she was in Italy, she was speaking to this um, older Italian man. And he was like, you he said something about like Americans. And he's like, he's like, Americans no entertainment to where people over here we know pleasure like we know how to pleasure ourselves and not like in a sexual way I mean yeah they could reference that but also like with food and with experiences and like that's how they kind of live like that's what they search for to where Americans we search for entertainment we want entertainment we want to be entertained like that's our kind of like yeah priority cultural difference and we want it quick too we're like where is it right fucking now and it needs to be like 10 seconds you know like exactly (laughs) that's the word that's the word um we were talking about ted bundy and so what i think is interesting about ted bundy is that also just kind of going back to like stereotypes that people have about serial killers is thinking like they're really smart and they're really like a handsome charming guy and They're just going to totally swindle you. Like Ted Bundy was a psychopath. And I think a lot of people think serial killers are psychopaths or you'll say, oh, he's insane. Like no person would do that. And for one, like Ted Bundy is a very not normal psychopath. Most psychopaths aren't violent. They aren't violent criminal offenders. Most psychopaths are your white collar criminals who are like stealing, you know, from stock markets or their politicians, you know, things like that and of that nature. They're not really violent and they blend in, you know, they have their shit together. They're probably married. They probably have a job. They probably have a family seem like totally normal people from the outside. Whereas like most serial killers are actually sociopaths. So they both have like this disregard for, they don't feel guilt. They don't give a shit about what they've done. But the sociopath is going to be like your loner, you know, doesn't have a relationship, probably has never really had a relationship, might live like with a parent still, very like socially awkward, not accepted, doesn't have a lot of friends. So the charming, you know, psychopath that Ted Bundy was like, that is not typical for a serial killer. And so I think that's one reason why people are so fascinated with him. But then another thing, too, that I wanted to add is the whole insane thing is, um, okay, do you know the definition of insanity? Um, not the true okay. definition, but I know it's like doing the same okay. thing. Okay, I, ho- I was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> when it comes to like crime and serial killers, insanity is actually a legal definition and it's not doing the same thing over and over. I've heard that, too. The legal definition mm-hmm. of insanity is going to be someone who 
cannot distinguish right and wrong. And so if I were to kill you, Stephanie, and then bury your body, the fact that I buried your body is me showing I know this is wrong. I'm trying to hide it. So hiding the bodies, things like that. So I think it's like less than 1% of serial killers even get the insanity plea. Most of them don't even try it because they are completely sane people. They know what they're doing. They're aware of what they're doing. Right. So it's interesting that when you were describing, I believe it was the sociopath, the loner, Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have a lot of relationships. It's interesting because those are also characteristics of somebody that could be on the autism spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? Most likely those are their parent, doesn't really have a lot of friendships, doesn't, uh, you know, like, isn't really aware of what their actions, like the consequences of that, or if like something is like bad or good. So like, how would you determine like if you know, say, for example, like met some, you meet someone and they have those, that those characteristics that you described, Mm -hmm. how do you determine if that's like, oh, like they're just, you know, like on the spectrum versus like, no, this is like a concern. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind, I feel like I heard this a bajillion times in college was um, correlation does not mean causation. So like just because they have these similar traits obviously doesn't mean that everyone that's a loner and doesn't have a relationship is a serial killer. Right. So um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the thing about serial killers is almost all of them have had a really, really, really fucked up childhood. Like the most awful things have happened to them. And again, that's not justifying and saying everybody that's had a fucked up childhood is going to become a serial killer. But there are certain traits that they have. And most of them is like child abuse, um, neglect, you know, parents that didn't give a fuck about them, didn't want them, abuse them, just horrible things, sexual abuse, all sorts of things. Another thing Okay, there's this. What's the dude's name? I think it's the called the McDonald Triad. Yeah, it is because I always thought of like McDonald. Okay, the McDonald Triad was a guy that I studied in college, and he determined like three things that were common between children that grew up to become serial killers. And one of them that seems pretty obvious: killing animals. Like if your kid is killing animals, that's not normal. You should get that checked out. Another one was children who were interested in setting things on fire. And then the last one was actually children who wet the bed into their teenage years, not like, as you know, a five-year-old having an accident or something. Because isn't wetting the bed or even like pooping in the bed too, right? Isn't that like a sign of neglect and abuse? Yep. So those three things and then mixed in with you're being abused at home or neglected or whatever, that's like a perfect environment for somebody to become a really fucked up person. And what's interesting about the whole like psychopath, sociopath thing is like psychopaths, you can say they're born and sociopaths are made like the environment that they grew up in and the circumstances of all that created what they are. So that was one thing that was like so interesting to me when I even started studying all this was I was like, can you step in at some point and in these people's lives and save them and prevent them from becoming what they become or were they just always destined to be you know ted bundy or jeffrey dahmer or something so well the thing with jeffrey dahmer when i watched the show i learned that like he was like very sad about what he did and like when they who was the clown that literally lives like right by me or <laughs> displaying John Wayne Gacy. Yes. So when he heard about John Wayne Gacy, he was like, well, I'm not like him because like, there was just like a different kind of evil. I I'd have to like brush up on like that episode, but Jeffrey Dahmer like literally talks about like, I'm different from like this person. Cause I kind of like was born with this. Like he was like, his mom was on a, like 17 different meds when she was pregnant with Jeffrey. Um, and then again, like had the, um, traumatizing childhood, the neglectful childhood and his mom like walked out or died or I don't know, something happened to her, but he basically said like, he couldn't help what he was. And Jeffrey Dahmer, um, he killed animals when he was a child too. Like his dad was pushing him to like be into taxidermy or something. He did with his dad. So him and his dad would go hunting and they've done interviews with his dad. And he feels somewhat guilty. He's like, I took him hunting. Like, I taught him how to do these things to animals. And I didn't Mm -hmm. teach him to kill them for fun and, you know, torture them. But he went out hunting with them. So he's like, is this my fault? Like, did I create this? And Jeffrey Dahmer's interesting, too, because he 
again, fully aware of what he was doing. You know, he knows that what he's doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy were both like raging alcoholics. And again, not saying that if you're an alcoholic, you're going to be a serial killer. And then Jeffrey Dahmer, too, like he literally tried to make people zombies. Like he was trying to experiment with them and keep them alive. And then when he would eat them, he thought that by eating them they would be like a part of him forever and that they could never leave so it's like really twisted fucked up thinking you know so that's totally different than john wayne gacy who's a public figure and community and lives a seemingly normal life you know jeffrey dahmer started killing people when he was living at his grandmother's house (laughs) yeah intense it's fucking intense but once they caught jeffrey dahmer like he kept telling them more and more things like they were pretty much like done and i have his whole confession in my living room it's a little creepy but he just told them everything anything they wanted to hear he wasn't trying to put on a show like he was very calm when they he was murdered in prison he didn't fight back at all yeah he asked to be put in the in general population because he was like i deserve to die i'm a piece of shit yeah exactly like he had that like more for it somebody yeah. like that they would put in like protective you know isolation essentially and he was like no i'd put me in with general population so interesting yeah what's even more fucked up is i mean and who knows if this was actually true or if this was just added for the drama of the show but the neighbor kept like reporting him to the police and like reporting complaints of like the smell and you know all these things and she was getting her like ignored essentially it was a little bit of dramatized for the show but he did have a neighbor that was uh, there's a documentary that i watched in school about jeffrey dahmer and it was the neighbor and she was like, Jeffrey was always cooking. He ain't never go grocery. He ain't never go grocery shopping. She's like, what is he cooking? I'm like, oh, oh my god. So that, I mean, oh. there was a neighbor, but how involved she was. Um, I never. I saw the first episode of that Dahmer show, and I was like, I can't watch this. So I don't know. I know it was a little bit over dramatized. I don't think she lived like next door to him. I think it was like another building or. Just details like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said that he was always cooking and he never went grocery shopping. I was going to say, how can you get away with that when you live in an apartment, though? You know, like your neighbors are going to hear things and smell things. Well, one of his victims escaped and like the police found him and they gave him right back to Jeffrey and he went up and killed him. Yeah, there was the scene in uh, in the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, Jeffrey like said, oh, he's just drunk because he was like dr- drugged. And also, I think... Um, yeah, I think he was just drugged at that point, and yep. then he killed him. But so, <laughs> all right. So you know how like serial killers they like live amongst us, right? They're just like ordinary people in society, or they look that way. They're hiding in plain sight. So what are things to be weary of, to pay attention that would be like red flags? Yeah. So just like there's criminal profiling there's actually victim profiling and so there's definitely certain things like lifestyles and where you live factors that don't necessarily mean you're going going to get killed but that definitely puts you at a higher risk so unfortunately sex workers they're at a very high risk and a lot of serial killers do target only sex workers because what they call them and this is fucked up is indisposables And they're saying nobody's going to go looking for them. Nobody's going to report them missing. Like, I can get away with this, like truck stop killers and stuff like that. So where you work at, you know, if you're a bartender, if you work late at night at a club or something like that, you know, the things that we hopefully you've grown up hearing, have a buddy walk with you to your car. Like if you're walking alone at night, be just aware of your surroundings. Don't be like texting on your phone and sorts of stuff like that. Um, They've done studies with a lot of serial killers and serial rapists of like, why did you pick the person that you picked? And they said, because the door was unlocked. So make sure your doors and windows are locked, (laughs) which is, it's like, these things sound really obvious, but it really could help you out, you know? So how about from like the victim standpoint of like how, like, if I am associating with a serial killer, how do I know that they are a serial killer or what are signs that would tell me that or show me that? The chances of you being killed by somebody that is a serial killer is very low. You're more likely to be killed by a boyfriend or a husband, unfortunately, but the being killed by somebody that's like a complete stranger is so rare. 
But usually, like, with serial killers, they're not going to get to know you. So it's not going to be like you were best friends with them and then they just came in your house and murdered you one night. They would be stalking you from afar. We interrupt this sweet-ass podcast episode for a message from our sponsor. Hey, bitches, it's me again. Are you tired of all the lame-ass greeting cards you see in the store? Would you rather send your loved one something that's fucking hilarious with cuss words and potentially insulting? Well, shit, you in the right place then. Head over to AsToldByEllie.com where you will find the best fucking greeting cards on the internet. And as a listener of this podcast, I got a discount code for you guys. Waffles will get you 15% off. Again, that's AsToldByEllie.com, discount code Waffles. And now back to the show. There's two like main types of serial killers. There's organized serial killers and there's disorganized serial killers. And they have like very different qualities. So the organized ones are going to be the ones that's your the one that you think of, like that entertainment shows us is like the very smart, methodical, like they planned this out. They showed up to the crime scene like like you <laughs> like with a kit. Yeah, yeah. Like shows up yeah. there with a kit you know, has their murder weapon, has gloves, whatever. Like, they're prepared. They thought this out. They thought of their exit route, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. They clean up the crime scene. They try to clean up the body. They dispose of the body, things like that. And then there's, like, a disorganized killer, which is going to be somebody that there was probably some planning that went into this, but more so, like, they just kind of snapped one day and they didn't put as much planning into it. Or it's, like, and anger, you know, they lost their temper type things. So the weapon might be something that they just grabbed, that they just found on the kitchen or something like that. And a lot of times when these situations, like the crime scene is left, the body is left there. They don't try to hide the body. It's just in plain sight, things like that. Like what I thought was interesting too, is like, you can really tell a lot about the crime and what happened just by looking at the crime scene. Like if the house is broken into, that's probably somebody that doesn't know you. But if there's no signs of like breaking an entry, then the person who killed you probably knew you. And you let them in. Right. Right. So things like that are like very important to pay attention to like in a crime scene. And from like the criminal profiling standpoint can help you try to at least figure out, okay, who are we looking for? You know, are we looking for somebody that this person knows or are we looking for some random crazy person that came in here? So it's very uh, interesting, but gross to look at crime scene photos and see just what you can figure out by just looking. Mm -hmm. Oh, so from my understanding, Ted Bundy, like kind of acted like he was just someone that needs help. And that's how he would kind of lure his victims in. Mm -hmm. So what's your suggestions if a woman is alone and sees someone that probably is maybe like around her age um, and is just like literally asking for help? Run. <laughs> I know. That's how I am. I'm like, I don't like when people approach me on the, at the gas station. Like I like resting bitch face, like leave me alone. Yeah. Like don't talk to me. But then, you know, what if there are those people out there that like truly like need help or just like. I don't know. And then I feel like I I was like, oh my God, I was like such a bitch to that person because I like had my guard up. So it's like, when are situations okay to, I guess, like help yeah. somebody? And when is it like a danger? I mean, I, I hear you because I'm totally the person that's like, no, I don't want to be a bitch. Like, because Ted Bundy would wear a sling or something and be like, hi, can you help me load these groceries in my car or something? And me, I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. You know? Right. So I think now just it being 2023 women like we're just pretty vigilant I would say as it is so I guess my advice on that would just be like just pay attention to your surroundings if somebody's asking you for help and it's like in a dark you know spot and there's nobody else around I probably wouldn't go fucking help them if somebody's asking you for help like in the middle of the grocery store you're probably all right you know what I mean don't put yourself in a situation where nobody's going to see if you go missing or if this person, if something happens, like don't put yourself in a situation where you're alone with them or uh, it's, it freaks. I'm so glad that I'm married so that I don't have to worry about the, these dating apps. Like I just worry so much about people meeting. It's a perfect place if you're a bad person to just meet up with somebody. Right. So, you know, meet people in public. Don't just like go netflix and chill on the first date it's scary you gotta look out for yourself don't have them pick you up either yeah. at your house 
God, I would be so scared to just, I'd be like, no, this is our 10th date and we're still going to go. Like, And this is why, like, I like how you said, like, oh, if it's a serial killer, they're probably not going to, like, get to know you or, like, form a relationship with you. And that, like, for me, like, I don't go on dates very often. It is very hard to get a date with me if we've met on a dating app because I need to be talking to you for at least, like, a month, like, via text message yeah. before, like, we're even meeting in person. So I feel like I'm kind of weeding out any anyone. I, feel like I don't have time me. for this. The serial killer's like, oh, she's way too high maintenance. <laughs> Next. Oh, <laughs> um, I used to write to some serial killers. Uh, you said this in another episode that we had. So I know there was that one situation that you talked about where like the guy was getting weird. So you stopped. Yeah. Was he the only one that responded to you? No. So that dude's name was David Rice and he murdered an entire family. He just like knocked on their door on like Christmas day or Christmas Eve and just killed the whole family. Random. Mm -hmm. And what I would do, like when I would write to these people, most of them to answer your question, most of them did not answer me, but I did write to a few and I would just say, what are we doing here? That was the only question I would ask them. And so this guy, David Rice, we would like talk back and forth and it got to the point where I'm like asking him about the crime. I'm like, what happened that night? Like, you know, and he had this whole theory in his head of like how World War Three was upon us and he was just trying to s save certain people so that society could live on like just crazy shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Then he fell in love with me and said that I was the mother of his children. And I was like, OK, I'm not going to write to this guy anymore. The other, the other guy I wrote to, his name is Eric Smith, and he killed a little boy when he was like 12 maybe 11. There's been a couple like TV shows about him, like documentaries and stuff. He's a little redhead kid with glasses and he killed a little boy that was like three or four years old and he's still in prison. And I wrote to him for a while and um, he just like still refuses to accept that he did that. Like he says, you know, he knows that what he did was wrong and he's trying to get out and he keeps appealing it, but he still keeps blaming other people. He's like, my sister was so mean to me, like tormented me. And I tried to tell my parents that I was tormented and nobody would help me. And it's like, okay, but you were still the one that went and killed somebody. Like you're supposed to be, I don't know, prison is fucked up. Is prison the, the best place for these people to be? Probably not. It's supposed to be rehabilitating them. It's not. He's He's not getting rehabilitated, but I don't know. I think after sitting in prison for like 30 years for killing a little boy, I probably wouldn't be sitting there and be being like, well, my people were mean to me. The little boy wasn't mean to you. The fuck did he do? You know? And at such a young age, like I didn't even like, how do you even grasp killing someone when you're 11 years old? Yeah. That's like that's younger than Derek. Mm -hmm. The little boy he killed was named Derek. Yeah. Stop. For real. <laughs> Jesus. But um yeah, so the he just killed this little boy and his parents had like asked him Eric, the guy that killed him. His parents had asked him about the crime cuz they were like, "Hey, like don't you ride by there on your bike or something?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." So he like did a police interview and then they were like, "Something's not right with this kid." And so I think he told his parents and then his parents were like, "Well, you got to tell the police." And so, yeah, 12 years old. Do you know what it was that, like, set off the red flag for the cops? His story just, like, wasn't adding up. I don't remember the specifics of, mm -hmm. you know, just something didn't add up. I mean, he's probably nervous. He's fucking 12. <laughs> Talking to the police is already scary anyway. And then just, like, trying to act like you have no idea about this crime that you committed. Like, he's nervous. <laughs> fuck. And then I also wrote to Whitey Bolger. He wrote me back once, and he's dead now. And I had... The letter that he wrote back to me on my refrigerator and somebody stole it at a party and I was pissed. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, people are the worst. Yep. And what did it say? Uh, again, you know, I asked him just like, what are we doing here? And he just wrote me back. It wasn't even that long. It was like a one page letter just about like, we're here to seize the day, essentially. Basically, we're here to get what we want out of life and live our lives how we want to. And I'm like, well, how'd that work out for you, buddy? Wait, so do you literally like, hi? What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't even say hi. It just says, what are we doing here? That was it. That was my line. That was my uh, my profile, my dating profile, I guess, back in the day, my one-liner. <laughs> but I was, I don't know. I don't write to them anymore. I did ask my husband the other week if I could write to Ed Kemper, and he was like, uh, I don't think so. 
I really just wanted to find out like, hey, could this have been prevented? Like that was just the thing that kept running through my mind. I don't know what I thought I was going to gain by being, you know, 18, 19 writing to these weirdos, but it was interesting for sure. So, I mean, I guess like that's, you know, the golden question. Can it be prevented? I think that if a child has like all these signs and the parents are like active in the child's life and not abusing him, I would say there can be a lot of psychological intervention that could take place at a young age. You know, like if you have a kid that's setting fires and killing the family cat and stuff like that, he's obviously troubled. But maybe if you did get him in to see the right people at a young age, he won't. You know, I think that that could be corrected because, again, like with the sociopaths, that's their whole life of just being that's all that they know is just neglect and abuse. I mean, like Eileen Warnos, she was, she started getting raped when she was like 11. You know, a lot of serial killers are victims of sex crimes when they were children, especially like the women. So Mm. I would say a lot of it depends on who the parents are and if they are actual good parents or not. But, you know, who knows if somebody had like, you know, talked to Jeffrey Dahmer when he was younger, if he still would have ended up Jeffrey Dahmer very strange there was a guy fuck what was his name oh i forgot they call him the ut sniper he went to ut in austin um the college campus and he there they have like a bell tower and he went up there and he sniped and killed a lot of people and after he died when they were like examining him they found a huge brain tumor and that was sitting on his amygdala that is known to cause violent behavior so it's like stuff like that well what if somebody knew about the brain tumor and had removed it or treated it or whatever like would that guy have still done that probably not we don't know but just the crazy thing about it is there's just so many different factors it's not like one thing you know the alcoholic it's not like oh you're an alcoholic you're gonna be a serial killer oh your parents abused you it's just like all of these things that come together to create like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) When you brought up alcoholic, it it made me think of this line in the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix show where the dad is telling Jeffrey to like use insanity, flee insanity, Mm -hmm. right? And Jeffrey Dahmer is like, no, because I understand like what I'm doing is fucked. And he's like, but Jeffrey, like you told me you wake up the next day and you don't remember what you did the night before. And he goes, that's because I was blackout drunk, dad. (laughs) And he would. Jeffrey Dahmer would be wasted. And a lot of times he said he was blackout and he didn't remember it. And he'd wake up like, oh, fuck. The best line of the the whole (sighs) show. But but, I mean, yeah. Like, was he an alcoholic before he was like killing people Mm -hmm. or drank because of his issues? He was also gay. And I think that it was was very hard to be a gay man. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. In the 80s in Wisconsin. Did they rip down his house? I want to say they did. Or can you still drive by it? His house? I thought he lived in an apartment. Well, yeah, but I think it was like a... Burned down or something happened to it where, yeah, it makes sense. They also recently did John Wayne Gacy's... I mean, I don't know how recently, but like there's a new house where John Wayne Gacy's house was because he had like multiple bodies buried under his house. Yeah, who the fuck would want to build a house there, though? When John Wayne Gacy was in prison, he, like, did all these paintings and stuff and tried to sell them, and some person bought all of them and just destroyed them because he didn't want John Wayne Gacy getting any anybody to be like, here's this framed picture from John Wayne Gacy. Like, no. So one person bought everything mm-hmm. and had it all destroyed. So I was like, that's a good guy. Yeah. So one thing about John Wayne Gacy, I recently watched some documentary about him, and this man was interviewed who could have been a victim of John Wayne Gacy. He stayed the night at John Wayne Gacy's house. They played pool. I think John Wayne Gacy tried to make a pass at him. And the dude was like, no. And then he'd like, he's like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And then he woke up. He like got out of there the next day. Like, I don't know. There was one moment in it where like he said, John Wayne Gacy like looked at him like with these like really dark eyes or whatever. And that's when he like was fearing for his life and he didn't even sleep. Like he stayed up the entire night. And then like 6am he like was like, all right, like I'm ready to go. And then John Wayne Gacy like drove him home or something like that. And that made me, I was like, holy shit. Like this dude literally survived like a night in this man's house by himself. 
And I'm just wondering, like, what was it that made John not kill this man? Maybe he thought it'd be too much of a challenge. Like, maybe he Mm. thought that the dude was already, like, aware of, was just aware of what was going on and knew that it'd probably be difficult. I mean, it's pretty hard to kill someone, you know? I mean, you don't know. (laughs) We're all like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I could imagine, especially if their guard is Mm -hmm. up. With Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, like, he would get them drunk and drug them so that they weren't, like, fighting him back. So... I don't that doesn't ring a bell with this this guy at John. I believe you. I believe that happened. I'm not saying that, but I'm like, oh, I don't remember this. So I'm wondering, yeah, maybe he was just like, eh, this one's gonna be too difficult. I'm gonna let <laughs> I'll let this one slide. Oh my god. I hope we don't get murdered for talking about this. I hope no serial killers are listening to this. If you are, fuck you. <laughs> Stop. Stop doing what you're doing. Control yourself. You. Control yourself. Be an adult. For real. Uh, I feel like I asked you this before, but are you familiar with the Idaho murder, student murders that happened last year? Okay, this sack of shit, Brian Koberger, allegedly, he stabbed four college students to death last November. And, like, it was pretty bad. Like, there's crime scene photos of the house and there's, like, blood leaking out of the house and there were two other people in the house did he personally know these people the trial hasn't started yet he just waved he just like did something the other day where he like waved his right to a speedy trial it can't go on forever but it seems like one girl was the target that lived at the house and because her family actually found that like he had been liking her instagram photos like weeks leading before And they had pinged his cell phone as, like, driving by their house multiple times, like, in the middle of the night or just, like, really odd hours. He doesn't live in that area. So he had been, you know, stalking them out for a while. But when he went in there to kill her, she was, it was, like, a Friday or Saturday night. She had been out with her best friend who also lived there, and they were sleeping in the bed together. So I think he went there to kill one person, and then she ended up being in the bed, and then he actually ended up killing a boyfriend and a girlfriend. The girlfriend was another roommate in the house, probably because they heard what was going on. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And we're like, so I think he only went there to kill one person, and then he ended up killing four, and there were two other roommates that lived in the house. It's a three-story house, and one of the roommates saw him leaving. She opened up her door and saw him, and she's not sure if he saw her or not. It was dark and whatever. But in that situation, too, like, he left. If he did see her, he left. And he probably was like, I have to go. I got to get out of here. Like, I just killed four people. She's awake. Like, in that situation, Mm -hmm. too, I would say it probably would have been very difficult. And he was probably exhausted after killing four people with a knife. He probably had cut himself, too. So that was uh, pretty crazy. And the police, it was very weird with that case because the police were keeping things like very quiet. And so there was kind of like a lot of outrage, like with everyone, like, what the fuck? Do you guys don't know anything? Like what's going on? And then all of a sudden there's an arrest. So it's like they did know, but they had to keep it out of the media because the media just fucks shit up. And now it's like the whole gag order on everyone that's a part of the case. So we really don't know a lot about it at all. And I know that his... Brian Koberger's attorneys, they are really, really trying to make sure that the trial isn't recorded because they're saying it's going to, you know, affect the jury and just everything with the trial. So we'll see if that happens or not. But that was pretty brutal. I was going to be shocked. He was a criminal psychology student. He majored in the same thing I did. And that's sometimes I wonder, too, like, are people taking this so they can, like, hide even more? Absolutely. If they they are, like, serial killers or sociopaths and... Well, yeah, absolutely. Because for one, like my um, serial killers professor, this sweet old lady, Dr. Lynn, she would go to like these, I don't know if conferences is the right words, but like educational type things for professors and people in this field. And they did, they were like heavily screened on like who was coming and you had to be approved because she was like, absolutely a serial killer would go to something like that and try to learn as much as they could. And like, Ed Kemper is a good example. He was 15 and he killed his grandma and he went to like juvie for it. And basically when he was in juvie, he just like learned all these 
things about psychology and psychological terms and figured out basically what he needed to say so that he could get out of prison. And he did get out of prison. He basically convinced them to let him out. They wiped his whole record so he didn't have any record at all. And he went on to kill a bunch more people. And so it's like in that situation, he absolutely educated himself. Um, You know, Ted Bundy was his own attorney on his trial. He went to law school. He never Mm -hmm. graduated, but things like that. Like, yeah, they're absolutely trying to educate themselves. The thing with like Brian Koberger's, like he knew to turn off his cell phone, like when he was in that area. Of course, you know, your cell phone going off and then back, mysteriously back on between a time, you know, a certain time frame. It's like it's suspicious. But so I definitely think that Brian Koberger thought that he could get away with it. And he actually applied to be like on the police force in that town or around that town. So I really think that he was like trying to commit this murder and then like meanwhile get his PhD and be like, oh, I'm this expert like on this case. And then like the whole time it's him. I think he's that was the intentions that he had. He I think he genuinely thought he could get away with it. That's like also reminds me, not serial killer, but murder. Um, have you heard of Drew Peterson? Mm-mm. He so I my hometown that I grew up in is Bolingbrook, Illinois. And he was a Bolingbrook cop who actually he is a serial killer because they got him on his they never found Stacey Peterson. Stacey Peterson was his wife and she went missing and body was never found, nothing. Um, but they ended up getting him on a previous marriage mm. and he murdered her. So yeah, he's, he was a Bolingbroke cop serial killer who is now in prison. And this happened when I was in high school. Holy shit. Ah. So yeah, that's fucking scary. You know how, um, murderers will go to their victims funerals or like search parties and stuff like that is that the case too with serial killers yes that's gonna be your organized versus disorganized killer again um the organized people are gonna be like watching the news watching the case they might go to the funeral they might help with the search party like they're trying to cover their tracks and like blend in whereas like the disorganized person is probably losing their shit and just like crumbling as a person and not doing well like anxious stressed paranoid all the time whereas like the organized one is Mm going to be more like cool calm and collected Mm -hmm. interesting yeah it is weird that they go to shit like a lot of them will go back to the crime scene and is that is that to like relive it or is that so they like know that both okay it's not on me like eyes aren't on both serial killers will like to keep like a trophy like a lot of them will keep like the id like a license right yeah they kill mm-hmm. i cannot remember which serial killer the police were looking for but they did go interview ted bundy the police did and they were like can you give us some tips here like help us figure out who this is and ted bundy told them well i bet he's going back to the crime scene to like to look at the bodies or whatever and they did that and they caught the person fuck i wish i could remember who it was oh so this was about a different serial killer and they were asking ted bundy this was about a different serial killer and the police went and asked ted bundy like what's your take on it what do you think and he was like go back to the crime Mm -hmm. scene and so they did that and that's how they caught the person i wish i remembered who it was now fuck but isn't that interesting too i was like oh yeah that is that's insane. Yeah. Whole episode is <laughs> bonkers. Um, yeah, I'm glad it worked out this time. Glad we got to talk shit about serial killers. The universe allowed it today. Yeah. <laughs> God. Do you have any more serial killer questions? Does anything else come to mind? Um, oh, what is the most interesting thing you've learned about serial killers? Hmm. There's definitely a couple things that like come to mind like earlier when i was telling you about the whole insanity thing um there was a woman fuck, i don't remember her name either i'm sorry but she killed her baby she killed her infant baby and she was walking around the street like in broad daylight with this dead baby just like carrying it around and like chanting and then she like went to the beach and like put the baby on the beach and had like this weird little ceremony and then like buried the baby at the beach and stuff in the middle of the day so all these people saw her so her legal team were like she's insane and i would agree that's pretty fucking insane but they said no because she buried the baby 
And they were like, that shows that you knew that what you did was wrong because you buried the baby. So that was like very just like, whoa, that was very interesting to me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be burying the body per se. Like even if you put like a blanket or like covering their face some way, that's also a way of showing that you know what you did was wrong. Yeah, that you knew that it was wrong. And now you're trying to like do some sort of like ceremony or funeral type. You know what I mean? Like you, it's a sign that you knew what you did was wrong. So that was just like a weird one that just... the ut sniper with the brain tumor that was very weird to me too i was like holy shit and um i don't know like what i thought a serial killer's childhood and life was like i guess i just never really thought of it but it is really sad because most of them it's like it's a very fucked up childhood and not that that justifies like what they did or that i'm saying that it's okay or that it's like okay well that makes sense like no But it is really sad that they suffered that much. And then because of that, they inflicted suffering on others. So don't Mm -hmm. be an asshole is the moral of this episode. What does it hurt people? Hurt Exactly. So that was eye opening to hear. Yeah. Thanks for talking shit with me about serial killers. Any day, Ellie. (laughs) (laughs) Round two was better than round one. (laughs) Are you so proud that both TV shows you talked about that I have watched them? I am. But I know you have because they're. I'm like, I guess you know my genre now. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Steph. I appreciate you. We'll be back to talk shit soon, guys. That's it for another episode of the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys like what I'm doing here. If not, then live your life, man. Set yourself free from my voice. I mean, why have you even gotten this far? (laughs) But. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to this, please share this episode with them or post it to your story. Or you can go fucking bananas and run around town telling everybody that you run into. And then leave this podcast review because it really helps to get the word out there and help other people find this podcast. So that's it. That's my plug. Be a good person by leaving a review. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next one.